Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support comes from Redline Contemporary Arts Center, a nonprofit arts organization in Denver's Five Points, offering exhibitions, artist residency, community programs, and more. Learn more at redlineart.org. Support for Off the Walls comes from Credit Union of Colorado, offering a 15-month certificate of deposit with a 5.85% return. Learn more at cuofco.org slash cd. Credit Union of Colorado is banking members can trust. You can find Denver's soul on the city's west side, in one of its oldest residential neighborhoods. La Alma Park, Alma means soul in Spanish, takes up a whole block. Here, Mexican-American families put down roots and formed a community. In the 60s and 70s, that community stood together against racism and injustice. This neighborhood became the heart of Denver's Chicano movement. La Alma Park was witness to history, and some of that history wasn't peaceful. Emmanuel Martinez remembers one night in particular. The police came, and they had already blocked three of the entrances and then funneled all the crowd into the housing projects. And then they stopped that, and then a helicopter came down and dropped tear gas bombs in the housing projects. Today, the neighborhood looks really different from how it did then. But there is one thing that stayed the same for decades. That's a brightly colored mural painted by Emmanuel Martinez. It goes by the same name as the park, La Alma. And for some people in this community, the La Alma mural contains a lot more than the figures and symbols and shapes you can see on the wall. It holds memories. No, that mural represents a lot of stuff. It represents everybody that lives around this community. It's kind of like home. Like it's all family and and the heart of the community. For me, when I see Lama, I think about the past. So if this mural is a window to the past, what can it tell us about the history of this place? This is Off the Walls a podcast from Denverite and Colorado Public Radio about the stories and the people behind Denver's street art. I'm Emily Williams. I'm a podcast producer and a journalist, and I love stories about history and art. And I'm Kibway Cooper, a podcast producer, musician, and art enthusiast who recently moved from the Midwest. We're both fascinated by the murals that we see all over Denver, these larger-than-life pieces of art. So we started asking questions about the significance of these murals. And talking to the artists who painted them, the communities who inspired them, and the other people like us who admire them every day. In every episode, you'll hear from new people, artists, activists, community leaders, and you'll learn the story behind different murals in Denver. When I started working on this project, I didn't know exactly what to expect. 
But gradually, as we met artists and communities over the series, I noticed they did all have one thing in common. They want to create work that challenges us. I'm mad grateful, you know, to be um, to be working on a project where I get to talk to people like that, who I get to talk to. I call them disruptors, um, people who refuse to accept what, in my opinion, is ultimately unaccept- unacceptable. So, yeah. yeah, I think we've I think we've pretty much only got disruptors for people. Listen, <laughs> I think that's it. Those are the people who make history. If you're not a disruptor, you can't change society. Today, there are nearly 200 murals all over the city. There are mural festivals and walking tours of murals and a city department that's in charge of commissioning artists to paint murals. But that's not how murals first came on the scene in Denver. In the 1970s, during the civil rights movement, Chicano artists started painting murals in historically marginalized communities all across Denver in what would later be described as the community mural movement. We can't talk about murals in Denver without starting with Emmanuel Martinez, the artist who painted the mural in La Alma Park on Denver's west side. Emily, you met with Emmanuel. I know he's a legend, but what is he like? I have so much to share with you, I hardly know where to start. I really wanted to meet Emmanuel where he does a lot of his creative work, so I drove just outside of Denver into the foothills of the Rocky Mountains to Emmanuel's studio in Morrison. This is such a beautiful drive. I see a lot of green grass, red rock formations. It is a beautiful setting, I think, for an artist's studio. It has to feel inspiring to look outside and see this. like this is the spot. Oh. Hi. 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 Good, good. Uh, This is where I work. This is my space. (laughs) Stepping into Emmanuel Martinez's studio, you are immediately surrounded by art. There are paintings all over the walls and small-scale sculptures everywhere. There's a really big window on one wall. Looking out onto that view I saw driving here, of rolling hills and red rocks. The window is, a, you know, is the best lighting for painting. So when I do easel paintings, I just bring in my easel and paint there in front of the light. Uh, and I have a nice view of red rocks. And a lot of these paintings are just uh, older paintings that I did. And... A lot of the sculptures in here are uh, a lot of my works, and so I I do have quite a bit of work here. As you can see, it's a little overwhelming. What's something that you're working on right now? Uh, There's a lot of these sculptures, and then I'm experimenting with making them look like bronze uh, with the patinas that I'm putting on them. I've produced a lot of artwork out of here, including uh, I've done sculptures, believe it or not, up to 18 feet high in here, you know, from... Here to the ceiling. In Emmanuel's studio, you can see all of this evidence of his decades-long career. He's 76 now, 
and he's been an artist since age 13. First mural I did was in the, the Lecamon School for Boys in Golden, Colorado, which is a juvenile facility at the age of 13 when I was serving a three-month sentence there. I uh, pretty much uh, started my career there and, and declared myself an artist. So that's the first mural I did, which was in 1961. From that moment, Emmanuel was hooked. He met an artist named Bill Longley, who took him under his wing. Longley really introduced Emmanuel to the intersection of art and activism. He's the one that politicized me to get involved with the civil rights movement and also educated me about the Mexican muralist and other artists in the world who are, you know, were socially conscious and that type of thing. At that time, I was doing like just small posters and things like that for the movement. But my real goal was to do murals. Emmanuel knew that if he was going to become a muralist, he needed to go to Mexico. It was the mid-60s, and Emmanuel was excited to see the work of the late, great Diego Rivera, who'd created murals depicting rich Mexican history. Right at this time that Emmanuel was excited about becoming an artist and an activist, he and a friend learned about a big project in Mexico that the artist David Alfaro Cicados was working on. He was painting the largest mural in the world, and we heard that he was allowing some apprentices to come from different parts of the world to help paint it, and, and we decided to go. We had 150 bucks between us, and we hitchhiked from Denver to Mexico City. You know, I, I visited as many murals as I can, and there's quite a few in Mexico City. And I was just inspired, and I decided that, uh, that I could probably do something similar here in the, in the Southwest, which, you know, hadn't really been done before. So Emmanuel came back to Denver with a purpose. He was going to fill his own community with murals. And one of the first things he did was paint a mural on the housing projects where he was living. Literally, it was a horrible place. So I wanted to, uh, I, you know, beautify the front of our buildings. So I painted this mural along with the help of uh, neighborhood residents there in the projects. We did it in one day, and there was, at the end of the day, the director of the housing authority came with an eviction notice. I had some people that helped me that lived in the projects also, and they were all there, and they they just spoke up and said, well, if you evict him, you got to evict us too, because we helped paint the mural. We live here, and there was all kinds of people there, and even the ones that didn't help, I said, we helped, we helped. So he was in a predicament where, is he going to throw us all out for this? And if so, that was going to create a problem because, uh, you know, at that time, because of the political climate in Denver. Emmanuel was part of a larger civil rights movement, the Chicano movement happening in Denver. He was a member of the Crusade for Justice. That group supported the students who organized a major walkout at West High School in 69. The events you are seeing depict the West High blowout of March 20 and March 21 in 1969. Approximately 150 to 200 students staged a walkout in protest of alleged racist remarks made by a teacher at that school. 
the community was reclaiming their spaces. The pool, the rec center, the park, and fighting discrimination. As part of this civil rights movement, the community wanted to change the name of the park from Lincoln Park to La Alma. This park was becoming the heart and soul of the neighborhood. So it felt right that locals would call it the soul. It took another 50 years before this name was officially recognized. Back then, when the community chose the name, they decided to gather one night at the park to celebrate. A local band was playing and people were hanging out. And while that was happening, Emmanuel says police came to arrest a young man who lived in those housing projects right across the street from the park. The police was kind of abusing the kid a little bit physically. And, and of course, people in the community always at that time, because, you know, the we had already just went through the West High walkouts and all that. Yeah, they were essentially angry at the police, you know, within, and it was already kind of planned because within probably 10 or 15 minutes, there was numerous police with riot equipment that came in, just moved in from all directions. And they start moving in and shoot tear gas into the crowd, told us to disperse. And we didn't know where we gonna go. You know, we, we live right there across the street. And, you know, but as, as one of the leaders of the whole event, you know, we just told the people, you know, we have to get out of the park. So let's just march towards the police department and protest this whole thing of them coming to our community. And the police station really wasn't that far away from La Alma. And the, the projects where we lived, my wife and my two girls, were, we lived right there in the middle of that, at 13th and Navajo. The, the whole crowd was uh, basically trapped. They got behind us, in front of us. And, and the only way, the only direction we had was to funnel, funnel us into the projects. All you could do is just go inside. People were just letting us inside their houses. I, you know, I did it at my house. And, you know, we, and, we, and, and, and then on top of that, they come with helicopters to start dropping these tear gas bombs on us. But police denied it and said then we started it all. And of course, the next day, the, it was on the front page of the Rocky Mountain News, said Westside Hoodlums Riot. This work Emmanuel was doing, painting murals for his community, was a big part of this civil rights movement. It was a way to give people hope and make people feel seen and heard. Emmanuel even became a city employee as a way to keep painting murals. But it wasn't like the mural movement he'd witnessed in Mexico, where the government was funding efforts to have people see their history in public art. Emmanuel and the community were really doing this on their own. I asked the city of Denver, said, look, you know, you have, you have all these other parks that want murals, so will you uh, allow me to become a full-time mural painter? And pay, you can pay me the same salary, and, uh, and I'll just go, I'll paint murals, and, you know, and I'll save you money. Because the city was spending a lot of money removing, tagging graffiti off the walls. So it was a lot cheaper for them, since they didn't have to buy materials or anything, to have the murals painted. So, you know, so it made sense to them. So they did it for economic reasons. And, and I had to get my own materials, by the way. They only paid me a salary. And uh, unfortunately, I had to, the only paint, paint I could get donated was toxic lead-based enamel paint. 
And, but that's what we painted the first murals with. We had to basically do them on our own with our own uh, sources of trying to get, raise money to paint murals in the community. For a while, Emmanuel was able to paint what he wanted to paint. Murals that celebrated Chicano people and culture. In his own neighborhood, he painted a mural on a building in La Alma Park and around the walls of the swimming pool. He painted murals in other neighborhoods, too, but some people in the city weren't supportive of these Chicano murals. And Emmanuel ran into some trouble when a city councilman asked him to paint over a mural he'd helped a friend paint at La Raza Park. They didn't want the mural there, and they asked me to paint over it. And I refused to do it, so I lost my job. So that's kind of like the history of the first part of the community mural movement in Denver. After that, Emmanuel left Denver for a few years. But he did keep painting murals in other parts of the Southwest. So let me get this straight. As long as he's saving the city money, it's okay for him to paint these murals. But the moment he paints something that they don't like with his own paint and his own supplies, with the community's support, they want him to get rid of it. And when he doesn't, they just fire him. Wow. Mm. Good job, Denver. So far, we've only talked about the original murals Emmanuel painted at La Alma Park. But he actually painted another mural there. That's the one we see there today. The one that's become a symbol of this neighborhood. But before we get to the rest of the story, I think we should talk about our visit to La Alma Park. After the break, we visit the mural. Hey, it's Kibway. I wanted to let you know about a collaboration we're doing with Apple Maps. It's a guided tour of the murals and special places you've heard about in the show. To check it out, go to apple.co slash off the walls. You'll find a guide to some of the coolest public art in Colorado and photos of the murals we talk about in Off the Walls. That's apple.co slash off the walls. Support for Off the Walls comes from Janice Henderson Investors, celebrating more than 89 years of helping clients with their financial goals. Janice Henderson, investing in a brighter future together. JaniceHenderson.com Walking toward La Alma Park, I can see how much the community has changed in the years since the Chicano movement of the 60s and the 70s. The gentrification in this community is noticeable. On one side of the park, you see older, smaller, single-family homes. And on the other side, you'll see condos and a campus, an art gallery, a bake shop. But when I walk across the street to the park, my eyes go right to it. A vibrant 40 foot wide mural with two towering male figures. La Alma by Emmanuel Martinez. So when I look at it, I I feel like, so first of all, it's layers, right? First, 
to me it looks like you have two guardians right they're guarding the picture you have a young man and an ancient looking man he's got fire in his hands and then on the uh, side with the young man with the weights in his hand you see a lot more modern roofs and chimneys and things like that and then you see the fetus in the claws of the bird which is also right behind the guys and in the bird's wings you have these two faces and on the other side you have a skull I'm not sure how the skull plays in um, well I think it's more of that symmetry life and death yeah yeah the old the new yeah so around the time Emmanuel came back to Denver in the mid-70s, he was approached by an independent filmmaker who wanted to make a documentary about the community mural movement. Emmanuel decided to paint another mural at La Alma Park, this time on a larger scale on a brand new rec center building. He painted La Alma with the community. Local kids would help him and neighbors would come by and watch as they painted. I sketch it on with a charcoal and and then I basically it's like a big coloring book for the kids and I have to mix their colors and they paint them and then of course I I do refinement and fix up mistakes and stuff like that there's a guy that used to walk across who lived in the projects an older guy he'd cross the park every day and he'd just like stop and stay there for like 15 minutes and just watch us and all that, and then he'd go. But every day we did that, Mary was always there, and I, I didn't know who this guy was or anything, but, you know, I was I was standing back and looking at the mural, and here he, here he comes in the morning because he's on his way to work or something. And uh, and I just asked him what what he thought about the mural. He said, what do you think? Do you, how do you like it so far? And and he just said, well, you know, I, I stop here every morning because it energizes me in the morning. That was a, a real profound statement to me. And that's really what one of my goals was, is to make it, give it that kind of energy. When the mural was finished, there was a huge celebration in the park. Emmanuel was so relieved that this time, the community could celebrate in peace. The community, of course, the housing projects, a lot of people were there. The band, the De Leons were playing. Uh, it was it was a really good celebration, and I'm just glad that they didn't, the police didn't mess with us that day. The documentary called Espejos or Mirrors captured the joy of that celebration. The most important part of this mural is that uh, it was, you know, with the feelings of the people around here, and that's what the mural's all about. That's what the title of the mural is, the soul, Balmar. Unfortunately, those first two murals Emmanuel painted at the park don't exist anymore because the structures were torn down. But the fact that the La Alma mural he painted on the rec center in 78 still exists is a big deal. For 45 years, the La Alma mural has been a constant in this neighborhood. But that hasn't been the reality for some of Emmanuel's other murals. There's one mural in particular, Urban Dope, Rural Hope, that Emmanuel painted in 77, across from the Sun Valley housing projects. And the community was really up in arms when they let me know that the mural had been painted over. Later, I, we found out that apparently there was a, some tagging being done on there 
And, and they called the city to ask, how do we deal with this? And the city said, we'll take care of it. And they painted over it. I don't think they take this, uh, the, the Chicano murals uh, collection in this city is serious enough to keep, you know, providing the money to maintain them because they are supposed to maintain them. They were their works of art in their collection. These murals are considered endangered historic places. They can be painted over, they could be tagged, and just from exposure to sun and weather, murals need upkeep. Emmanuel and other artists need help protecting them. And here in Denver, that help is coming from a place very close to Emmanuel. Well, for me, it's always battling with this, uh, you know, for the United States, it's uh, the country as a whole is uh, a culture of erasure, and it, it always has been. I mean, we we did that when we came, uh, came here, so it, it is just kind of history just repeating itself, and it plays out in these little microcosms like Lama. This is Lucha Martinez de Luna. She's an archaeologist, a curator of Hispanic, Latino, and Chicano history. And she's Emmanuel's daughter. Lucha has been around her father's murals her entire life. Right when I was born, my dad was painting the murals. In fact, I was baptized in the pool of La, uh, La Alma Park. Yeah, right in front of his mural. Lucha leads the Chicano Murals of Colorado project. It's an effort to document, preserve, and even bring back some of these community murals, like her father's. Lucha says murals are uniquely powerful cultural artifacts, especially for communities of color. We need to really understand what is a mural. It's on a permanent structure. It's not, you know, on a canvas. It's not like something you can move around. It's not portable. It's there. And why is that important? because this is like making a space for communities that have never felt welcome, have always been uh, you know, marginalized, the whole redlining. So if those murals stay there, there's something left of this community. A lot of these murals are um, they're portraits of people that actually lived in this community. So once that mural's gone, everything's gone. Lucha knows what murals can mean to people because she knows what they meant to her when she was growing up, watching her father. You know, I consider myself extremely fortunate that I grew, around, grew up around art, where all of the art my, my dad painted, the people looked like me. So I never had that feeling that I didn't belong because it's like, wow, we're, we mean enough where we're being portrayed in sculpture in painting because they didn't treat you like that in school. They treated you like you meant nothing, that you had no value whatsoever. But so where you looked for that value was in your community and in your home. And to be able to see that in art, that's what was so impactful about these murals. It was at a monumental scale. And you, a lot of times these artists were painting portraits of children in the community and to see yourself at a monumental scale was incredible. And, and then to hear the remarks of the people when they were looking at these murals, it, you could tell the energy was just going into them. 
and their pride too. You could see them stand up differently. Lucha says that because these murals instilled so much pride, losing one can make people feel like they're losing a part of themselves. And that's why she's so passionate about protecting them. Sitting around a table in Emmanuel's studio, I got to listen to Lucha and Emmanuel talk about murals with each other. The artist and the archaeologist, the father and daughter, equally passionate about what this kind of art can mean to people. We did it from, from the heart. We just felt the need to, to uh, show our identity to our community and be proud of it, you know, because we don't see it in the history books at school and anywhere else. So might as well do it on the murals. And, 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 and people respect that, you know, they like, they, they, like, they, they like to see a reflection of themselves in a, in a, in a positive light, you know. And that's what, that's what Lalba does. A mural can take you back in time and, and tell your descendants, we were here, we belonged here. That's what's so important is our descendants need to be able to link their ancestors to a space, to a place. All of them. It doesn't matter what color skin you are. It doesn't matter. All of us have the right to do that. At the beginning of this story, I wanted to understand what it meant for a mural to be a window to the past. Emmanuel and Lucha made it clear to me, history isn't always in our textbooks. So much of history is left out of textbooks. History can live on walls. We just have to look more closely. I wanted to know what Kibway thought about this. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is um, a quote, which I'm going to botch very badly, from um, James Baldwin, uh, who's a African-American author. And one of the things that he said was, to be born African-American is to be born with no memory of who you are and no privilege. And I think about that when I'm listening to Lucha talk about the importance of being represented, of being seen in public spaces and being displayed and depicted with honor and dignity. And so when I'm listening to Lucha talk about what these murals mean to the community, I feel that deep in my bones because as a black boy growing up, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see myself in, in, in high places doing things that were positive in the community. Representation in public art is vital for communities that have been historically marginalized. But that's the beginning of this conversation. What do you think, Emily? I think a lot of times there, there can just be a lot deeper conversation about these murals than what it typically is, which is typically yeah. just, there's this cool mural I saw on this street or this. Mm. It's, it's aesthetic. Mm. That's good. You can visit the La Alma mural at 1325 West 11th Avenue in Denver. And you can find a map of more Chicano murals in Denver and other parts of Colorado at chicanomuralsofcolorado.com. You can find photos of the La Alma mural on CPR.org. There's a link in the show notes. We're the hosts of Off the Walls. I'm Kibway Cooper. I'm Emily Williams. This episode was written and reported by us, Kibway Cooper and Emily Williams. It was mixed by Kibway Cooper. 
Our editor is Joe Erickson. Brad Turner is our executive producer. Off the Walls is a production of Denverite and Colorado Public Radio, part of the NPR Network. Support comes from Redline Contemporary Arts Center, a nonprofit arts organization in Denver's Five Points, offering exhibitions, artist residency, community programs, and more. Learn more at redlineart.org. Support for Off the Walls comes from Credit Union of Colorado, offering a new Visa Signature credit card with 2% cashback rewards on all purchases. Credit Union of Colorado is banking members can trust. More at cuofco.org slash signature. Hey, it's Kibway. I wanted to let you know about a collaboration we're doing with Apple Maps. It's a guided tour of the murals and special places you've heard about in the show. To check it out, go to apple.co slash off the walls. You'll find a guide to some of the coolest public art in Colorado and photos of the murals we talk about in Off the Walls. That's apple.co slash off the walls.